Broadcasting live from the Stuart Title Studio on Broadway in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome to Business Radio X, highlighting business leaders, entrepreneurs, and a whole lot more. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, wherever you may be. This is Business Radio X, in this case, Tucson Business Radio, coming to you live from uh, the boulevard. That is the boulevard of, um, what are we in, Harry? Broad, I forget. Broadway. Just testing. Hello. Are you awake, Larry? Uh, it's Broadway. It's me. Good morning, guys. Raul, good morning. Hey, good morning. <laughs> Stuart Title, ladies and gentlemen. The beautiful corporate offices are on Broadway here in Tucson. Not the other Broadway, but in Tucson. And we're right here broadcasting from the second floor, and that is Tucson Business Radio, where we feature and highlight and put into spotlight Tucson businesses and entrepreneurs that are leading the way. And in this particular show is Tucson Means Business. And it does mean business with the three guests that I have this morning, and I'm referring to Raul Garza. Raul is the founder and CEO of an advertising agency here in Tucson. We're going to find out a little bit behind the scenes what's going on in that world. I'm privileged to have, uh, you may remember him, I don't know, but if you ever read People magazine, you would remember Larry Martin. He's now an international um, business astrologer. Yeah, something a little different. And he's been uh, so busy, he just flew back in from a conference and he, we've got hold of him for Tucson. And I'm very interested to see where we're going to be going this year in business. Things are looking good, jobs are up, this and that, you know, but what's really going on behind the scenes, I wonder. So we're going to be talking to Larry about that. And last but not least, well, an icon of this town. He's been here ever since the dust was born, I think, but uh, Harry Findes. Harry owns as the CEO, president, and general uh, dog and body wash, or whatever they call it, of the works, Southern Arizona Video Production. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. We'll start with you, Raul. Um, from where, originally? How, where are you from? I'm from Laredo, Texas, originally. Laredo? Yes. That's a famous place, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it depends on uh, what uh, type of uh, topic you want to talk about. But, yeah, it's a very small town, just like Tucson, Arizona. But wasn't it, wasn't it huge in the, in the Western days and the cowboy days, Laredo? There's lots of songs written about Laredo, right? There is that song, uh, Streets of Laredo, very popular back in the day, but... You know, uh, I haven't been there in a couple of years now. So, but I, the last time that I visited, it was expanding quite quite a bit. So, what would bring you to Tucson? Well, I served the Marine Corps from the year two thousand to two thousand five, mm -hmm. and after completing my five year contract there, I ended up in California, where I lived basically my the rest of my life till two thousand thirteen. In the middle of 2013, my family and I decided to move down here to Tucson. And when we did, uh, that was a huge change. You know, I was in the electrical engineering industry, and Tucson at that time was still recovering from the recession. So there was a lot of things up in the air. Um, I've always dreamt about having my own business. While working in the electrical engineering field, uh, you know, I thought about it and I tinkered and I, I always <laughs> had a vision to create something. Right. And um, this was the opportunity that led me to start my business. 
there's more to that story. Yeah, we'll come back on that for sure. Yeah. But before I forget, thank you for your service in reference to Absolutely. being in the Marines. We appreciate that. It's an honor. All right, Larry. Yes, sir. Good young Larry. Notice I didn't say old. That, uh, How you been? Hey, I've been doing good. Just uh, practicing on my German and flying back from Chicago from the World Conference. Now, that was a World Conference of yes. Astrologers, yes? Yes, sir. And they came from all around the world. About 73 countries. Isn't yeah. that amazing? It was amazing. It was. So where do they fit them all? Where, where was wow. this conference? Well, we were at the Marriott on the Magnificent Mile. And so uh, we had boat tours on the on the lake. And, oh, uh, lovely! Shopping downtown, and uh, uh, the mystical part I think was trying to learn which elevator to ride <laughs> because uh, it was a sixty-story uh, building, and half the elevators only went to the first. Uh, 15 floors. Oh, my God. So as soon as I got my room key on the 32nd floor, I thought, wow, okay. Uh, I've just got to find out which elevator. So I think I spent a couple days just learning elevators. Uh, Unbelievable. Well, you wouldn't have got me any higher than about 10, <laughs> I can tell you. So That's okay. I just I kept thinking, I hope no one pulls the fire alarm because I thought, nah, I'm not taking the steps. This, this is it. This <laughs> I'll, I'll, is wait for the, I'll wait for the big crack. So, so astrologers, uh, young and old alike, yes, all from ages. all around the world, 73 countries. It was amazing. Now, what do you talk about at a conference like that? Well, a lot of things. We, we go through uh, research, first of all. In other words, most of us that are doing it professionally also do our own research, such as uh, celebrity biographies, uh, what's going on with different governments, uh, talking to different people from military to intelligence to you name it. Uh, I've, I've been blessed by having a lot of military clients. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of them are in military intel, and you get to hear all kinds of things because uh, I think the CIA itself has been dealing with astrology for a number of decades, and of course, that's in the UFO room, so they don't talk about either topic. Yeah, right, the Black Book room. Of course, <laughs> Ronald Reagan was very heavy into astrology. Big time. So was his wife, Nancy. Yes. She's the one that kind of got him into it. Well, you know, a lot of people don't believe in it. A lot of people say right. it's invented by the devil and so on, you know, to each their own, but... It goes back a long way, doesn't it? It really does. You know, it goes back to, as far as we know, the written records go back to about four or 5,000 B.C., and uh, a lot of the ancient re religions used it uh, daily, the Zoroastrians in particular. Mm -hmm. And some even believe that uh, the three wise men that you hear about, you know, in the New Testament, found the Christ child using astrology to do so. so Interesting. Through the star, it, huh? Right. wasn't until the fall of the Roman Empire before the uh, Catholic Church decided that astrology was evil, and they didn't want anyone doing any research at all or learning to read and write except through them. Well, you read a lot, and they wanted to sustain control, perhaps. That's what it was. Control the people, so there's no right. other way. Harry, you don't have to worry about that. What you shoot is what you see. That's correct. <laughs> How yeah, long like, been... like a hunter. Yeah. Yep. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, we started the company in uh, 05. And uh, well, that's what it's th grown. Th 13 years 13 now. years. Right. It's growing and growing and... Uh, <clears throat> uh, right. Unbelievable. Seven days a week like you work. <laughs> so, mm. That's fantastic. Now, you might be called video, but you do a lot of filming, too. I mean, you Well, do... we shoot uh, anything from commercials to television shows, live events. Like uh, last night, we did a concert at uh, AVA with the singer Pitbull. All wow. right. right. So that was a big... They sold out. You do a lot of recordings for um, for companies that, that uh, want corporate videos as well. Right, corporate events, and then also uh, for television shows around the country, we do interviews for them in Tucson so they don't have to send out a crew. Mm, that's excellent. And then there's your clients, I believe, like the casinos, who may have a big act here, as right. you were saying, and... Uh, 
you record all these shows. Then what happens to them after that? Well, the, the shows are recorded, but the recording is just for documentation and any event that happens, but uh, it's never seen again. It's the live show for the audience, and it's an iMac system. iMac is uh, where you film close up so people sitting in the way back can see the artist close up. Mm -hmm. So that's what we really do. It's not really meant for television broadcasts. It's a different style of mm. directing and how you how you shoot the people and all that. Well, things are changing in Tucson. There's a big push on right now with a lot of groups pushing to get films made back here again. That's cool. um, it used to be the hive of activity. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, I think it was back in the 50s, 60s, uh, uh, 70s, a lot of films made in Tucson and the surrounding areas. And uh, there was one big popular, uh, when I was a kid growing up, you know, he was one of my favorites in John Wayne. He uh, he was heavily involved in films here. Yes. And uh, what's that place called again? The museum. Um, uh, uh, Tucson, you know, country town. Uh, Old Tucson? Old, Old Tucson, I beg yep. your pardon. Yeah, I just said a mental freeze. Old Tucson, a lot of stuff made there as well. Right. You know, A lot, a lot of that had to do with uh, one man, Bob Shelton. He was the general manager of Old Tucson, and he knew everybody. Hmm. And he got a lot of films made in Tucson. Uh, he knew John Wayne personally, hundreds of actors. <laughs> I've, I've had the pleasure to interview him numerous times. And we also um, are helping uh, his widow, Carolyn, get uh, all the videos photographs, everything digitized. Uh, uh, so I've gee, got to be a big job, wouldn't it? It is. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of VHS tapes and <laughs> Super 8 film, you name it. Yeah, so. changes over. Now, the interesting thing about Harry, though, is you came from an extremely different background. It's not like you grew up always wanting to be either behind a camera or directing or producing or writing. I mean, you do it all. You've got beautiful studios here uh, in Tucson. The green screen, the works, you know, and better than some television stations I've seen, I can tell you. You were indeed in another industry. Yes, I actually uh, retired as a firefighter in 2005. So it uh, was a, quite a change. I was getting kind of bored. I did video in college. Okay. And uh, when I figured, oh, I'll, I'll start back up again. In my days, we had two-inch tape. Now it's all digital uh -huh. SD cards. Everything's digitized. It's so much different. I had to actually relearn the whole system. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, to all the young people out here, it's easier today than it was then. it was day. then. Yep. Yeah. Well, all my work from television of many, many years is still uh, on a lot of two-inch and one-inch, for that matter, that I've got to get dubbed over. <laughs> if, if it's still any good, they tell me now that they oxidize fairly quickly. I've got them sitting in the garage in a box. I've really got to do something about it. Right. Otherwise, they're gone, but, you know, so much for that. So there you go, from fireman to – and you saw a lot of things in that industry. Larry, your background was what now? From You went to school, obviously. Yeah, did some radio back in the day, kind of like Harry, where we had reel-to-reel -reel tape and a, a little silver block and a razor blade to splice the tape and put it back together again. That's how we did our editing. Right. So right. Uh, from there, I went ahead and switched over to psychology and sociology. And then I got my uh, my break, uh, what was it, I guess, in 1995, uh, back in a, on a thing called CompuServe. CompuServe, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, with American Online or AOL. Oh, that goes yeah, back a bit, yeah. doesn't it? So uh, and that's where I got picked up by People Magazine. Okay. Did a lot of writing, had an English uh, minor, 
And so I uh, finally got that cup of coffee, you know, to go with the college degrees. And uh, flew to New York after that, signed some contracts, and six years later it was 9-11. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that changed everything dramatically. Right. And about the same time as 9-11 was also the Internet really taking off. People weren't just, you know, stuck on CompuServe or AOL. They got to have their own websites and their own host servers and things like that. So it was a whole new world then. It was it? a whole new world. So uh, the offices closed down, and uh, I went back to Ohio and <laughs> uh, spent a couple of years there and then moved to Tucson in 2007. Right. But you found out fairly early uh, you had a bit of a gift for what you do. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I know it's uh, a lot of study and a lot of learning. But... Right. And that's that's where I think people have the misnomer of you know thinking of astrology as just sun signs. And uh, that's the way right. most astrologers make money is because newspapers and magazines will only pay for a horoscope. Uh, they won't pay for anything else. But uh, no, I, my background in psychology led me to Carl Jung, uh, J-U-N-G, for those mm-hmm. who haven't yes. heard of him. But his book on synchronicity, half the book is about astrology and whether or not married couples would stay married. Interesting. So that, that was a good tie right into People magazine because I wrote about uh, Prince Charles and Lady Diana. And that uh, turned out to be a big hit. And uh, being able to make predictions I thought was kind of fun. But the real help is uh, bridging the gap between psychology and mysticism, as Carl Jung would call it, right. the collective unconscious. So I was able to literally take clients that would normally spend six weeks with a therapist, and they would get as much out of me in one hour. So that made me very successful. Well, there you go. It's like well, speed we, reading. We're going to move into how it, on earth it could do with business and help businesses. Not a problem at all. And uh, we're going to do that. Now, Raul, what did you enjoy about the military? When you were in the Marines, well, other than the comradeship, I mean, what stood out for you? There were a lot of things that I enjoyed in the, while serving in the Marine Corps. Um, and emphasizing on that, you know, it's not just the military, it's the Marine Corps. I'm not trying to be... Uh, I hear you it, loud and but, clear. Uh, <laughs> it's actually hoorah. <laughs> See, I'm, now he's waking up. <laughs> I wish I could do an Al Pacino, you know, yeah, impersonation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, you were saying. But uh, in general, it was an amazing experience. Um, needless to say, um, I've only had only learned, known English for about six years. Uh, before I joined the Marine Corps. So it was a huge uh, change oh. for me uh, and a challenge mentally and physically and emotionally. It was great. Um, it was a challenge that I was willing to take on. And I would do it again if I had another life. If I could go back in time, I would do it again. So your natural heritage is what, Hispanic? Yes. Okay, so when you went to apply to get in, what happened there? I mean, how do they yeah. handle that when you can't they, speak English? They yell at you in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, actually, I already knew, I already knew English. Oh, good. Uh, but you know, it takes a while when you learn a new language. You know, it's different. It's difficult for you to catch on to all the lingo, to all the, the in betweens. Uh, all the, it's all very well to learn a language, correct? But to understand what they're really saying to you, uh, or, or, or or another double meaning to it, right? right? So I, I was completely. Um, how would I say it? Ignorant to those double meanings mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I remember very clearly when I got there to the military entry program station, uh, they asked me, so you have a dual citizenship? Because uh, my mother is from Mexico. And they asked me, well, do you want to keep it? And I said, no, I don't. I really love the United States. As far back as I can remember, 
uh, I would watch cartoons, you know, G.I. Joe, you know, Thundercats and all <laughs> these things. And, and right in between, they would put the Marine Corps commercial. Uh, and I would tell my mom, Mom, I want to be a Marine. And they're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I became a Marine. And so I loved it. One, one of the things that they, they really impacted my life on was and, and the power of commitment and the power of determination. Mm-hmm. Um, because they take people, you know, from scratch. Uh, they gave us an analogy once. You guys are like cars. Um, we're going to strip you down. We're going to paint you a different color, a marine color. You know, talking about mm-hmm. what your habits are like talking about discipline, talking about your mentality. And when I came out, it was I was a Marine. And there was nothing <laughs> but when else you went in, to be, okay, well, you I were went, just you. I, I was, was just a Buick. <laughs> he was a Buick, and he, he was a Buick, out? and he comes out a lot. Maserati. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> now, I understand that. Stripping you, taking you right down to the core, so to speak, and helping you to rebuild. Right. and Not that there was anything wrong with you to start with. It's, right. it's just what is needed in order to Nothing wrong operate as a Marine. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I thought I was done, and then they sent me to school. <laughs> and I was like, what? So well, I ended up lucky. going to yeah. technical school. Right. And, and so, again, you take a Marine, and, you know, our own – I mean, we had some math classes in boot camp, mm-hmm. but uh, not the type of math that we had to learn now. And and so they retrained us in the technical field, and and it was just amazing. You know, I went through so many um, changes, so many improvements in my life, in my mental state, and in, in my uh, physical state. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, those changes needed to happen in order for me to operate as right, I needed right. to operate in, while in the Marine Corps. And and so that taught me that I, I could change for the better. And not that there was anything wrong with me. I never, you know, mm-hmm. been involved with anything uh, negative in my life. But uh, I could change for the better. And so after I completed my contract there, I got out and I went back into the civilian force knowing that I could do anything. And now, this is the belief you had within yourself, right? Right. The, the I, discipline. Okay. Right. I can do anything I want. It didn't work out right away. I'll tell you that much. It's difficult when you transition from a military lifestyle into the civilian mm-hmm. workforce takes a while. It took me about a year to land my perfect job. This was back in California. Okay. And I, I lived in Carson, and my job was in El Segundo, California. And um, it was it was the best job I've ever had. Well, were there times, though, during that uh, year that you did doubt yourself that you should have stayed, you know? back in the Marines or wanted to go back into the Marines? Oh, definitely. There <laughs> many times, even right now, I'm like, what would have happened if I would have stayed in? I would have been almost retired right now. Yeah, that's all I ever meet on the <laughs> golf course of these young dudes, I tell you, with, with a fortune retired, you know. If you had it all over again, you wonder. <laughs> yeah, so you should have never given up your professional golf career. There you go. I mean, uh, university, uh, you get, uh, I mean, I don't know, civilian life for some... You put them in the military, education, uh, a chance to go to college, a chance to do schooling, a chance to pick up a trade more than anything, mm-hmm. free dental, medical, even uniforms, <laughs> whatever turns state. you on. You would recommend to a lot of young people to follow suit, wouldn't you? Um, Knowing what you know now. To join the military? Yes. 
I think that it it takes a specific type of person to jo to go in and serve. Mm -hmm. um, oh, my, of course, it's not fit for everybody. Right. My motivations were right. Uh, fortunately for me, I was I grew up in a border town, and I got to see you know with my own eyes what life is in a different country, and I didn't like it. And and I was I grew up being very appreciative of the freedoms and the benefits that we have as United States citizens, and and it's just amazing you know, to be blessed in, in such a great way that after I completed my high school, I did one semester of college, but I was already toying around with the idea of serving in the Marines uh, with a couple of friends. And and I said, you know what, I just got to do my part. And and after that, I, I can do whatever I want. I mean, I just want to give something back. And, and to me, that meant a lot. It was something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of fear. Of course, um, you know, you, the Marine Corps at the time, I mean, whatever impression you have, there's all of this, all of these different types of stigmas about who joins the Marine Corps, where the Marine Corps goes. I think it was the greatest thing that I did in my life, mm -hmm. and I was willing to do it for my country. And, uh, man, I think that if, if somebody wants to do something great for this country, I mean, there's definitely a multitude of ways that you can do that. Um, mm -hmm. some, some people, some of my comrades, you know, my, my fellow Marines, they would describe it as a calling, you know, right, right. Uh, because I, it went very good for me, but, uh, I know also a lot of people that suffered, um, that sure. Well, you know, look, look at the, the vets that come out and, and the stigmas that go with that in reference to unemployable, um, you know, as you said, it took you a year to transition. Uh, a lot of them uh, take longer than that. And this job you did in California, what, what was that about? What, what was this perfect role? I worked in an electrical engineering firm, semiconductor industry, and I was in charge of a laboratory uh, for research and design. We created uh, hybrid modules. They were basically microcontrollers and electrical switches that operate AC and DC motors and appliances like mm -hmm. washing machines and you know air conditionings. And there were these little $5 microchips that they mm -hmm. sold by the millions. Mm -hmm. And so the company was actually really amazing. It, it was very profitable. Um, what I liked about that the most is that that's where my determination kicked in when I served in the Marines. I could always reference back to there. And, and also my supervisors. Um, had a supervisor from, um, actually my hiring supervisor was from India. My uh, supervisor later on was from China and then another one from Japan. They're all very different cultures, but very, very engineering-minded people and very open-minded people. And they gave me the opportunity to work with them. And when I had challenges, they said, oh, okay, uh, well, let's look into it. And we would study the problem together. And so mm. I, I realized, man, you really can't do anything. You can be as prepared as you want to right, be, right. and that'll help you. But without the determination factor to actually look into it deeper and find out why, how can we fix this, really, you have nothing. And, and so, so teamwork is prevalent there. And you may not have known as much as they wanted you to know, but you soon knew working together as a team. Right. You got the support that you needed. Right. It, it came to the point that I was invited to all, all of the meetings um, Very good. for our research and design group. Mm. And I was working, I had my own projects. And one of the things that I enjoyed the most about that particular job was I created a competitive analysis 
program. Mm -hmm. So we would purchase competitor modules, bring them into the lab. I would create the fixtures from zero uh, just by reading the specification sheets. Um, then we would test them and compare them side by side with our product and see where are our, our shortcomings. Right. What can we do to overcome that competitor? And then created reports to give them to our sales engineers so that that way they could you know make some sales. Mm. Well, it sounds like you knew it inside out. I'm, I'm amazed. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you ever transitioned out of that into being an advertising man now, right? I mean, definitely that's your own company and how you're doing with that. Larry, what's going to happen very near future for business in this country, do you think? Oh, I think it's, it's right now over the top. You know, this is yeah. the time to... Uh, be investing in your ideas, in yourself, mm -hmm. uh, much like Raul just mentioned. And uh, I, you know, half my appointments this week are all with area businesses and uh, some from the east side of the country. But uh, mm -hmm. Tucson especially, I think, is uh, unique in mm -hmm. being able to take advantage of different situations, uh, getting away from fear and getting more towards that self-confidence that makes your business great and timing more than anything else. So... Over the top, uh, stock market is going to get better. Uh, it's not going to be, it's still going to be in, unstable by uh, previous year standards, but it's all going to be very positive all the way to the midterms. So when does it work itself out from the high, highly inflated to, to the bubble to burst for it to be, you know, on, uh, on a par where it uh, should be? Mark, that's why we have Europe. <laughs> <laughs> because that's where the bubbles are all going to come from, because mm, Europe sure. is going to be a lot more... Uh, less stable. Actually, yeah, less well, they're, stable. they're going down some weird roads, aren't they? Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I still think there's going to be some changes. Uh, Great Britain will probably change prime ministers here shortly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also think uh, Germany will change chancellors. Right. So uh, right. with those kind of changes and it, Italy going into a much more populous state, uh, that's going to you know, well, they've just got a new, a new president, haven't they? Yeah, Italy. yeah. That and part's it was be extreme exciting. left, by the way. But the, we don't. Mm -hmm. um, it's my fault. We don't get onto politics here. Yeah, we, that's we, okay. That's we okay. don't do politics. That's know. the three things we don't do, Raul, in, in, <laughs> on the network. We don't do politics, religion, or sport per se, unless it's to do with business. <laughs> well, because you know, a lot uh, of a lot of media does uh, lean left. A well, lot of media leans right. I know. But we tend to lean business. But Theresa May is going to try to win the World Cup ball by herself. There you go. You know, business. <laughs> but business really does tie into politics. I don't know how the two can be separate. Okay, so what are the biggest things some of these CEOs that come to you, you know, and they don't tell anybody they do either, by the way, but what yeah, do, yeah. Uh, what, what's the biggest fear they have or the biggest concern that they have? Human resources, by far. Really? All the time. Yeah, they, you know, most uh, CEOs are not concerned about profitability because if, if they were, they wouldn't be in business. You know, and if they're going to expand, then they consult with me on that mm -hmm. as far as the timing and how they're going to produce mm -hmm. and where they're going to produce. Location is, is king there. Right. But, uh, you know, from there, it's all about human resources, who they put in the, in the right position. And if they have a department that's not functioning well, uh, they consult me and I tell them what's going wrong. I find that uh, a little fascinating. Mm -hmm. You'd have to get – I don't know how you'd be able to – well, I guess you'd have to know everything about the people, you know. Uh, no, I don't. You That's don't? That's the key. You don't? That's the key. Right, okay. Yeah, it's, it's all about timing. It's I, when they call me, what specific minute they choose to call me on the phone. I mark okay. that and I study that part. Right. And then I also study like the birth of their business, just like you would a person. Mm -hmm. So there's an astrology chart per se 
that's a birth chart for the corporation. Sometimes it's an incorporation or the first time hmm. a corporation has traded on the stock market. A birth chart. A birth chart. For the actual corporation. Mm -hmm. If they're publicly traded, then it's for the uh, first trade. Whenever that was. Well, okay. So basically, hey, Harry, work on both of those charts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Harry, if you passed along the date that you started your business, I could tell you exactly uh, how it's going to all work yeah. out. It's, uh, he doesn't want to know. Yeah, I don't, don't want to know. <laughs> well, you know, and it's really not. And really, you know, the fate part of it, like they believe in the Far East, is really not all that. Because, of course, you know, I was born and raised here in this country. Right. So, right. you know, free will is, is where it's at. But, you know, when you don't have any education, you know, um, the superstition sets in. And the more you're educated, the more you're self-aware, the more you're able to make the changes you want to make. Right. That's what I do. Well, Far Eastern countries have, I mean, all around the world, there's so many variations and, and, and beliefs much. and differences and so on. And it's all great. So human resources, interesting. Yes. All right. Uh, what would be number two? What would come close to that? Uh, number two would probably be, um, you know, the interdepartmental functionality. In other words, how do groups get along? How can they... Like, for example, if, um, if one department head's not getting along with another department head, how to make that work? Because a lot of times people will call me for relationship questions. Mm -hmm. You know, should I get married to this person? Oh. You know, how are we compatible? Right. And I don't, I don't go at it from that angle. In right. other words, right. two people, if they're working together, uh, compatibility is never an issue. It's about how to make the relationship work and finding out what's not working. Well, this is where you, where you fall back on your psychology days. Absolutely. Right. But, but the uh, astrology part speeds it all up. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, okay, we're going to come back and get some predictions, which, which sure. is going to be interesting. Harry, who would you say is the most famous you've ever filmed? Uh, I've met a lot of musicians. Alice Cooper. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, really great guy. He lives in Arizona. Yes, he does. Lives in Phoenix, and yeah. uh, he can turn on his character like it was a switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's a genius. Actually, very high IQ. Yeah, I've we met got him, uh, met him twice. He's a golfing nut, isn't he? I yes, think he is. Yeah. Yeah. In a couple weeks, on I believe on the twenty second, uh, we have Donnie and Marie. Oh, hey, really? The Osmonds. They're going to be here That's in exciting. Tucson doing yeah. a show at Ava, and. Um, that's cool. Now, you also, you do something very nice. You run your business. We had a builder in last week uh, who's going to be doing a show soon on the network, and he uh, he has a very nice uh, in industry situation where he actually employs people in recovery, and he has some wonderful tradespeople, okay, that needed that second, third chance, whatever, and he's building a very good business doing that, mm. but his, you know, prime concern is helping others. You, in turn, help a lot of uh, youth, don't you? You have sorts of divisions in your company. Yeah, it's we uh, we use uh, students from the U of A and Pima College as interns, and they get to uh, learn the trade from the real side. Schools like fictional to us, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll show them how it's really done, how TV stations work, how you edit and or start a project from scratch like you do a commercial from scratch and how to design it for the company to say what they do. And that's an art. And uh, a lot of the people who work for us are gifted artists. They don't paint, but they produce editing mm -hmm. and filming and scripts that make it all come together. Well, that is an art. Yes. Gifted with that, people trying to find out what they want to be in life, which way they should go. Uh, that's a very nice thing. I also saw another room you had there with a lot of computers in it. 
Right. We do uh, training. We'll teach uh, Final Cut 10 and also uh, Adobe Premiere. Wow. So we have people come in who want to learn it or get better at it. And then uh, we also have uh, After Effects, which is all the CG stuff that's yeah. used in that software. So we have an instructor that's uh, qualified, trained at, from the Art Institute that comes in and teaches these for people. Fantastic. Fantastic. You're listening to Tucson Means Business, and it's, of course, on Tucson Business Radio. We've got some interesting guests here this morning. I hope you're enjoying the show. Um, we're going to go back to Raoul. Raoul, I want to know how does an ex-Marine and a man that knows everything about, not everything about, but is heavily into engineering, becomes a general manager of an advertising agency? All right. So towards the end, uh, in our last conversation, I was, I was mentioning something, I mentioned something along the lines of competitive analysis and creating reports. Oh, what happened then? <laughs> I'll just close this thing down. Live from the Stewart Time. You don't, thank you. Oh, you I just, didn't bring my you, dancing shoes. You go away for now, thank oh. you very much. It's the first gremlin I've had, and the thing went off on its own. I kind of like that music, man. It was, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Keith, yeah. There's, there's someone likes it. <laughs> it's not Pitbull, but, yeah. you know. All right. Okay, so you were saying, and you got a couple of minutes. Sure. Um, so... I mentioned something along the lines of competitive analysis. Really, my objective was there was to be in the sales force of the company that I work for. I enjoyed creating those reports, and I wanted to get to that next level. But uh, before I could actually, you know, fully accomplish that, I ended up moving to Tucson, which uh, gave me a new start, practically a new opportunity to start from scratch. And I say a new opportunity to be optimistic, really. I mean, I was like, why did I move here at first, you know? Because <laughs> Everybody job, asked that question initially. The, <laughs> the job market was terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, but I've learned to love Tucson. It's such a beautiful city. It grows people, on you. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, you know. the people are great. And Very different from two and a half hours up the road, oh, yeah. you know. That's the snob hill up there in Phoenix, man. <laughs> <laughs> Two sons are very, very friendly, very open, uh, speak to you with respect, and, uh, you know, businesses uh, do their best, don't they? They really try. Yeah. Um, I do have some clients up in Phoenix, so I can't say anything negative about Phoenix. <laughs> uh, they're all great people over there, too. Yeah. But I really think there's a culture shock because when I came from California, there was a huge culture shock. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. I'm, yes. I'm used to be on the go. I want something and I want it now. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. get something and I get it now. Like, Tucson, uh, like I want it uh, like a now, you know? <laughs> Tucson is like, no. okay, yeah, let's get it done. Two weeks pass by. Hey, yeah. hey, mañana, baby, mañana. <laughs> It's all right. Take your all time. Right. So I've learned to take my time, and actually, I find huge health benefits in doing that. Right. You know, versus just always living on the on the fast lane. Yeah. Um. So, so I saw the opportunity, and and I did get uh, a job here in Tucson, and you know, I was in sales. I was salary plus commission, and I liked it. It was okay. Um. But one of the things that you know, tripped me, if you would, uh, was that my employer was hiring this marketing agency and they were paying thousands of dollars. And I kept on looking at what they were producing and I was like... And uh, this is an out of, a town, out of town? No, from here. They were local? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they're out of business now. Um, and uh, the, the marketing agency. Um, and so I was like, man, do you notice that there's pine trees on the banner? 
who has pine trees in Tucson? They're trying to market to Tucson. Where's the Catalinas on the banner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this website, it doesn't look good on, on an iPhone. It looks great on the Android, but not on the iPhone. Okay, you so you started to pick up things and notice things. Yeah, and, and, and they would tell me, okay, Raul, thank you very much. They gave me a pat on the back. We'll talk to the marketing agency now. And I said, man, these guys are getting paid and they're doing a shoddy job. I bet I can do better than them because I know what I'm looking for. And with my experience in the engineering field, you know, I said, you know, why not? So I quit my job and I started using my savings to start my company. Now, are you married at this stage? Um, You're married, right, at this stage when no, you did this? No, no. Oh, you weren't marrying? That's why you had savings. Uh, I was going to say, because, yeah, but <laughs> not, not so much that, but uh, I was wondering what the missus of the cheese and kisses would have said. You quit your job! <laughs> to do what? <laughs> uh, you know, I followed a crazy dream to start my own business, and, I mean, it, it was it was my first business. Well, how dare you? you? That's a crazy dream, right? But remember, I'm a Marine. I can do anything. There you That's go. Right. So now mean. we've got it out. That's what I was looking for. So, um, so I started from scratch, and for many time, for many months, actually for about eight months, I kicked myself in the butt, saying, "Why? Why did I quit my job? I had a salary, and you feel the stress. Yeah, well, I know. I know exactly what it's like, my friend. The deal is, you speak good English now. You had to learn from nothing, absolute nothing, another language. You've done a good job, and after everything else, you throw yourself into this field as well. Then you're up against other ad agencies in this town that are fairly congruent and fairly, you know, uh, right up their alley when it comes down to those little things we talked about. And now you still took that on. How did you find it in the beginning to go out cold, introduce yourself to people, and try and explain what the devil you want to offer them? At first, I knew what I was going to do, and so I I decided to just kind of like pitch my company as a design company versus just a marketing agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I did that, I tried to work with other marketing agencies that were already established. I had no plans to compete with them. I just wanted to do what I mm-hmm. liked doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in trying to do so, I found everybody was everybody already had a guy that helped them out, and they weren't willing to see anything new. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, I guess I have no choice but to go all out, and you guys are going to regret this. And um, and I did. And sounds honestly, like Rocky, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's <laughs> guerrilla, you know, guerrilla try, warfare. No, but yeah. he's trying. You know, Rocky's trying to hock his film all around town. Oh, no one would, yeah. wanted to know about but it. But you, you have know? to get your foot in the door. But then, yeah. But go on. Anyway, this is fascinating. Well, it goes back to the name Energist. You got to Energist. That's the name of Rail's advertising agency, Energist, and which is now a marketing and advertising agency. Correct. So one thing led to another. So one thing led to another. I got a client and I helped them out and another one and another one. I'm still working with my third client ever. Mm-hmm. And he loves me, you know. You Love know, rapport is my, my work. That's great. And um, we've been working now for almost four years. That's great. That's, That's amazing. Great. Now, yes. do you enjoy watching his business grow? Oh, yeah. Do you have a beer together sometimes and talk about, you know, look at this, look at the percentage this month, look where we're at, we're growing. See, it's like your business. You're growing with him. Yeah. Well, that's exactly. what we do with BRX. That's exactly the same thing. And we care. We, you know, have clients from all over across the country that we've worked with, and we do a lot of work. A lot of the guys, a lot of our studio partners do a lot of extra work than just on air with them, a lot of marketing in different areas like that. So that's, I mean, 
mean, you're a success story, mate. You're a success story, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And it motivates me, Larry. I don't know about you. Absolutely does. But, you know, it motivates me to fight on ahead. Now, tell me, who's not going to last and who is going to last in business? There you go. (laughs) A pretty broad, generic one, huh? Yeah, it's a very broad, generic uh, category. Let's talk about the big big, uh, blue chips. Number one, well, I'm... How about just Tucson blue chips? Okay, let's let's roll with Tucson blue uh, chips. Let's go with uh, you know security companies, uh, everything from video cameras to home security systems mm-hmm. to installation. Uh, people that know what they're doing, they're all going security. Yeah, you know, okay. whether it's computer security and just making sure your computer doesn't have a virus or some sneaky Russian that just came in there and mm-hmm. uh, took mm-hmm. all your data. Uh, or right. the uh, the ransomware that's starting to show up. Well, I mean, it's scary. It's it's not it uh, it's not a joke anymore. It really isn't. What you would know, worry and, me uh, is losing your whole identity, man. I mean, trying to get that back. Oh yeah. Well, and that's where a lot of people, including myself, you know, I'm I went through Experian, uh, and I'm pl- paying for their monthly service just to make sure my identity's safe. You know, and I think mm-hmm. LifeLock and a couple other companies are doing well like mm-hmm. that. But a lot of Tucson companies are now consulting their banking industry mm-hmm. where they're going through their credit union and trying to find other security businesses that know what they're doing and can mm-hmm. help out uh that and installing a german shepherd in my front yard uh, <laughs> that's the way that's the blue chip right now for the entire well, training uh, for god's sake when yeah. your friends come when you versus someone who's trying yeah. to you know break in but, that, that, so number one segue. is that number one is that is security area? Absolutely. okay okay. Uh, okay and i think uh you know a very close second is going to be uh um business to business you know, basically, uh, you've got to find a way to save time. Time management is the number one key in the country, maybe the world right now. And just like what we're doing right here, Mark, yes. is that we're bypassing the middleman. We're bypassing retailers, as it were. Mm. And we're literally just talking to people that have started their own business or who are you know branching out on their own for the first time, which is a completely different animal. You know, nobody's going to write you a paycheck when you're sitting at home. Doing nothing. That's exactly So right. when you've got to get going and you don't necessarily want to just put a magazine ad somewhere that no one's going to read, mm-hmm. you have to find another way to do business. And that way is by shaking yeah. hands and talking to other business entrepreneurs who know what you're talking about. That's exactly right. So uh, I should be of comfort then to a degree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then On third, third's a surprise because the third area um, really haven't heard a whole lot because of the recession that mm-hmm. we had a few years back. But it's basically going to be like uh, real estate vacation homes, renting, uh, party supplies, people that want to retire or be on vacation. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't necessarily know that about Tucson. They think of Tucson as being all desert. And I try to explain to them that we have one of the most beautiful beaches in the entire United States. <laughs> it's just a six-hour drive to the water. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, and a lot of retirees. I mean, we lose two to 300,000 in the summertime, I think we were talking about Easy. the other day, Harry. Easy. Easy, yeah. And, and they all go back to the Midwest and go back to the East and mm-hmm. so on, visit the grandkids and this and that. Right. But more of them really are stopping well, a few are anyway. I talk mm-hmm. to say, so, you know what? We're done with going back for the kids. They can come to us. So <laughs> we, we need a bigger place. We've got to do something. We've got to do uh, what never took off again, unfortunately, since the 2008 break was a thing called fractional real estate, which is what I was in. There you go. And I'm not talking timeshare. This is timeshare on steroids. Okay. Right. Uh, we're talking about where people don't need a place uh, to own it all year uh, to lock it up. 
True. And worry sick about who the hell's breaking into the thing. That is similar to Tangier, right. but the quality of the homes and the benefits that go with it and what have you are really well, upscale. And, and this is know. what also a lot of people here own homes and lock them up and go. Yeah, that's it. Well, and that kind of leads on into investing. Uh, we haven't heard the phrase disposable income in quite a while. No, we have not. We're going to see it again. And so people want to know, well, what am I going to do with this? Investing in real estate, investing in a, a timeshare or someplace. You well, rent. you know, we have here in Tucson, we've had a glot of property and no buyers mm-hmm. for quite for a few years. years. Okay. And now it's, uh, it's changing. It's Well, it's already changed. There's no inventory to a degree. It's really based on the money. Yes. It's based on two hundred thousand or lower. Mm-hmm. There's 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 nothing you can buy. You want to go up higher into the four fives and sixes and sevens, and there's no buyers for that still. But they're starting to right. trickle through a little right. bit now. Yeah, but I think the opportunities are really only for the next two years because mm-hmm. that way uh, we're going to start seeing the ripple effect from Europe, and it's going to come over this way, oh. and we'll go through a correction, which is actually a very normal part right. of the business cycle. And we'll see that correction probably in the next year and a half. So real estate, you know, should go well. Businesses connected with real estate. Very well. Okay. Rentals. Yes. Rentals for vacation, that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. What about B&Bs? More of them are popping up everywhere. I I still think they've got some things to iron out, you know, from the Airbnb you know, that's that's uh, the one idea. I'm in here. Airbnb. I don't like the idea because we have a lawyer coming on to do a show soon, mm. and he's getting more and more issues with uh, people who think they can just start a B&B in right. their environment yeah, when no. it doesn't suit. I would. Where I would it's never. I would never go into that area without a lawyer. Yeah, you've got to be very, very careful. You've got to be careful who you let inside the house. So that's fascinating. All right. And you're you're very busy. You're getting, you're getting more clients now uh, from overseas as well, aren't you? So this is the beauty Quite of the web, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, you know practicing up on my uh, German and then using a couple well, of different websites to do instant translation. Yeah, uh, and that's going well uh, for you. A lot of, uh, got new clients in Austria and uh, especially southern Germany from Munich over to Dortmund. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, I've still got a lot of military clients there from the Air Force bases and right. and all the military bases, too. So, so it's exciting. Uh, is, it exciting. A good, is it a good time for a safe-wise, the country, you think, now? You know, we're heading into a bit of peace for a while. Well, it always has been. Um, I also love history as a hobby. And mm-hmm. I went back and studied quite a bit of uh, John F. Kennedy and his policies, his speeches, word for word. And then also I'm working on the Reagan Library as well. Mm. And it's just, it's just another strategy. It's another philosophy of believing in uh, mm-hmm. peace through strength. In other words, uh, yeah, if, peace you, through strength. if you got five aircraft carriers on your beach, uh, <laughs> you know, suddenly the conversations get a little more serious. Yeah, but everybody's talking and worried <laughs> sick at the moment about tariffs, right? No, all this no, jazz. no, I don't no. think there's anything to worry it, about, to be nothing. honest with it. It's nothing. You know, you know when, when you're trying to do business with someone who uh, – has already bought half your debt, uh, they're not going to do anything to ruin the value of your dollar. There you go. And the rest is all just bluster. I mean, people could think about that. It's uh, a big deal. Harry, are more and more people starting to use uh, good old Tucson again, do you think, for the future now in your world? Do you think we're going to get stronger again in video production and in filmmaking? Well, the the distribution of video or the the what we produce has changed a lot. It used to be broadcast TV. And uh, it's now pretty much changing to lo- cables even losing it. It's going to all be internet-based. Mm-hmm. So the internet-based television stations who have a lot less cost because you don't have these big transmitters, they're taking over the market. So we're wow. producing a lot of shows that are only internet-based. 
Exciting. And in the in the Tucson market, less than twenty percent of the people have antennas on their roof to receive local broadcast. The only way they get it is uh, Directv or right. Cox or Comcast, and uh, so the viewership of the local news shows is slowly going down. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting their news through internet news organizations, mobile phones, yeah. um, straight to the computer. I mean, right. we saw this coming. Ah, mm-hmm. Tell you what. So, so what's the future? I don't know. I'm. We work towards internet television. We can do live broadcasts now through internet, uh, live Facebook, live YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, directly from anywhere in the country to that uh, service. Um, uh, most of the shows we do are now uh, broadcast through the internet system. We do have two television shows that we do locally here that are on broadcast TV, mm. but they market them also on internet through mm. um, websites and Facebook. So people, a lot of people watch it through that. Yeah. Media. Can I ask a question? Yeah, it's very difficult yeah, uh, because uh, uh, we made a pilot. I'll, I'll just touch on this. Uh, Larry and I and, and some other people made a television pilot, uh, which is a great show. And and they loved it. One network absolutely loved it here in town. But you're up against the same old, they're not game to risk it to lose revenue versus the network revenue they're getting now That's while right. they can. I mean, even two TV stations have moved in together. Well, this is where I wanted to ask Harry a question because he might be seeing this. I've recently discovered a thing called blockchain uh, as opposed to just, let's say, Facebook, uh, where you upload your content, but Facebook ends up owning it and can do whatever they want with it. Mm. Uh, blockchain seems to be a more free system, almost like Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. And what people are able to do is upload videos like you would to YouTube, except that you maintain ownership of the content. And then through blockchain, uh, the one group I'm working with is on Stellar.com. I'm just wondering, Harry, is it getting to the point, or do you think it will get to the point where people do want to own their own content and then can distribute it differently across the Internet? Well, the, the problem is, is once it's in the Internet, you lose control of it because anybody can download it. Yeah. but uh, Like you... YouTube is supposed to be non-downloadable. Mm-hmm. You can buy a service Actually, to can. download it now. <laughs> yes. So $10 a month, I think. Seriously? You yeah, you can. That. So, so that, would they be breaking their initial uh, agreements then? Or no, they're... because it's not YouTube that's downloading it. Well, it's everybody, I guess. Everybody. But, uh, so could they come to you and say, Every hey, Tom Dick and Harry. channel? Excuse Just like on, on, on Stellar, you actually can create your own channel. Right. Like YouTube. Yeah, you can do that, but anything you created on can be downloaded. Wow, so, so there's no way go. to stop that? There's no way to stop okay, that. Okay, how could you? Raul, a quick question to you only. Your clients now in an advertising world, where are they thinking? Mm. Where are they thinking? Where do they believe they should be spending dollars? I think that a lot of them are still uh, confused about, you know, A, should I be advertising on TV, on newspapers, on the digital? Um, and when they ask me, hey, where do you think I should advertise? I asked them, well, how much do you want to invest in advertising? Because going back to my foundations, my roots, I need to have a source. That's how I run my business. If you have a marketing budget, cool. I can create a strategy to distribute that marketing budget into multiple mediums, not just one. Sure. Because having an integrated marketing strategy is going to be much more effective than putting all your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. per se. Um, 
not talking about a shotgun approach, but I'm talking about, hey, let's go for the long run. The targeted right. So, okay. But are they coming at you for online? Oh, yeah, definitely. And in the recent months, we've seen a spike on, um, on the request for video productions just for digital purposes. Mm -hmm. Well, today there is no excuse because the search engines love video, right? Right. It's the number one. And clients you have should be producing nice little videos and being on their websites and on their Facebook pages. And I know just the fellow that can do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Don't that. Don't we, Harry? <laughs> At cost-effective prices. Thank you for that. Well, look, rounding up, I want to ask a question of you. Uh, first, Harry, what was your greatest failure? My greatest failure mm -hmm. shows that we spent a lot of time on producing and all that, did pilots, and the market didn't want them. It happens a lot. Um, we're working on new children's programming. We feel really strong about it. We put out some samples, and we're getting good response. But you never know if it's going to work. Is this is this—that's with that professor guy who's a genius and great with children. Right. Uh, I've actually saw a bit of that. That's wonderful. That should—that would be a winner. But trying to get sponsors for something like that for it to go national is difficult, isn't right. it? Right. Because they're terribly difficult. The, the people with the money are hit so much with so much out there. Mm -hmm. There's thousands and thousands of stations. It's like um, we produce video stuff for websites, and a website has become the yellow pages of today, mm -hmm. and uh, people need to invest, I believe, into their website so that when somebody looks for a plumber, the website comes up, and then there's a little 30-second video that introduces the company and talks about what the company's like. And uh, then from there, people will go through the website looking for what product they need mm -hmm. or services. And uh, so how you set up your website and how you manage it and keep it fresh is very important. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does that. And not everybody does Facebook either. No. And, so, uh, but that is another machine you've got to add to the one. website again. Yeah, um, that's where the money can go on social media and other stuff as well. But you know, marketing is the biggest thing right now. Marketing through social media mm -hmm. and getting people to know you, putting uh, your ad on the side of a bus, really, I don't believe works. I believe the social media, the website, and just providing a great service, a great product that people will do word of mouth. Yeah, well, that's, that, uh, that, that comes back to trust. A lot of it is trust. The thing on the side of the bus might take my attention for a second, split second, but I've got to drive too, you know, and I need to see that as, as many times as I need to see it. On, it takes 11 times for an ad to even be noticed on television, mm -hmm. you know, before it'll even think of. Larry, in, in, in closing is coming up. What's your greatest failure, do you think, if you've oh, had one? Definitely uh, spending money on advertising, and marketing that went nowhere, um, going to cities that uh, I didn't have as uh, good uh, fortune or connection with as I previously had. Mm -hmm. You know, like I usually can spend one to two thousand dollars just visiting a city, and uh, places like Casper, Wyoming, Denver, Colorado, <laughs> uh, hit and miss. You know, but uh, I've connected well with Seattle, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, New York City, of course, mm -hmm. Chicago. So, uh, in Tucson, honestly, uh, I've had just as much success here in Tucson as I have in Seattle or other cities. Yeah, well, you're big here. So, you I would know, say, so. yeah, I would say um, going to the wrong place. 
You never know, unfortunately. But unless you need some sort of an astrocartography mapped where, to, where you can <laughs> no, go I and let, not uh, go. <laughs> here's, a, here's another way to say it is instead of trusting my own instincts, I went with uh, advice from friends who had very good intentions mm -hmm. but didn't know my business as well as I did. There you go. And last but not least, Raul, I know you don't have any failures, but <laughs> and I need I need a thirty second answer. This is going to be tough for you, I know that, but because you are such a good talker, my friend. But have you had a failure? Do you think? Of course, I have, and I think that the greatest failures that I've had are the ones that uh, scared me enough not to try the same thing again. Uh, the ones that I failed to move on from and try to try again. Um, so with that being said, you know, I've, I had many failures and, you know, I try as much as possible, me as a business owner, as a person, to re-encourage myself to try something better, try something new again. Uh, but I'm, I'm guessing that you're asking me this, you know, for the people that are listening. And I, and I would like to encourage them, you know, that, hey, we all have failures. It could be financial, family, business, uh, related to employees, just... Uh, don't let those failures mark you and keep you down. Nothing. Don't let them keep you down. Get up again and go again. That's the only way. Well, what an exciting episode. I hope you enjoy it uh, out there, my friends, all around the globe. And, of course, our footprint is international as well as national on Business Radio X. Uh, Tucson Business Radio is the local site for you to go to. You can see and hear all of these in the next couple of days. They'll be uploaded. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, and if you want to get in touch uh, with any of them at all, uh, just give me a call here. Mark Bishop, you can call me or just uh, go to the website, your best bet, and you can send me an email from there, and I'll, I'll put you on. To in fact, you'll be able to go direct to to the visitors because uh, we do all the social media with the Business Radio X as well, and you'll have directions to all of my guests today and their businesses and their direct links, their messaging, and so on. So we do it all, and uh, that way you can contact them directly. You don't need to go through me when I think about it. But I'd love to thank you, uh, Raul. Thank you so much for coming on today, Raul Gaza. He's the founder and CEO of Energast, a marketing and advertising agency specialist. Mr. Larry Martin is an international business consultant in the world of astrology. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it, as you, always. You got it, Larry. And last but not least, Mr. Harry Findes. Findes. Findes, you got Findes, it. Findes, I got it. And uh, what nationality is that, by that the way? Is, uh, that is Polish. Polish, okay. And do you like sauerkraut? Was that uh, yes, vodka? You yes, do? I do. Vodka. Vodka. You like vodka? <laughs> Potato vodka. Yeah, He's oh, got yeah. uh, a wonderful company called Southern Arizona Video Production. A marvelous stuff for uh, very cost-effective pricing, I can assure you, and beautiful studios. So wherever you hear this uh, particular uh, uh, podcast, uh, keep that in mind, all right? And it was absolutely fabulous to have my gentleman on today and I want to thank them for being here.